Richard Kraft. And I'm Austin Zweepleman, and I'm sorry, Tanner, but it's time to buzz the tower. Oh, and if you can't tell by the fact that I'm an airplane. Today we're talking about, I don't think I've heard you laugh this hard at any of them yet. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. That's why I had my sister, probably pictured here, design this costume with the included propeller uh, so I could become an airplane. We're talking about the hit movie that's sweeping the nation. Top Gun Maverick. Austin, do you feel the need? I feel the need. The The need need for for speed. speed. I feel the need. Yes, but before we get into the movie overall, first off, I am very upset it's just Austin and I. This is the biggest movie in the country and in the world. Why is it just us two? Where the hell is everybody? This is the Tom Cruise picture of the summer. It's already his highest grossing movie domestically. But before we get into that overall, I think uh, if you're going to talk about a Top Gun movie, if you're going to talk about Tom Cruise movie, you have to contextualize Tom Cruise, who, quite frankly, is a bit of an enigma in today's modern movie scene. I just kind of want to ask overall, what makes Tom Cruise stand out as an actor in this modern day and age? And what kind of expectations did you have going into Maverick? This is obligatory. The first thing that you got to mention with Cruz is his dedication to doing crazy stunts in his movies. The oh, I thought you were going to say Scientology. Water is wet. He does crazy stunts. The sky is blue. I'm gay as hell. Uh, this mostly comes from his continued involvement with the Mission Impossible franchise. You know, scaling the Burj Khalifa and Ghost Protocol. Hitching a ride on the side of the plane in Rogue Nation. The Halo jump and Fallout. Shit, before my screening of Top Gun Maverick, I got to see the MI7 trailer for the first time ever in my life, and I got to feast my eyes on dear old Tom Cruise jumping a motorcycle off a cliff in Norway. But beyond that, I know the question is what makes Tom Cruise stand out in our modern era, but with a lot of actors, some of their enduring prestige comes from the fact that they starred in classic films. You know, like Meryl Streep did Sophie's Choice. Denzel did Training Day. Tom Cruise, let me fucking see. Rain Man, A Few Good Men, Jerry fucking Maguire, Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia in the same year, Minority Report, Collateral, shit. Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! You know the visual gag where someone's home alone and they slide around in their socks to Bob Seger? That was Tom Risky Cruise. Risky Business. Risky Business, 1983. Fuck yeah. I think Tom Cruise, though, like, as a person, has gone through a lot of phases with his public image after stuff like Scientology and going ape shit on Oprah and uh, allowing himself to play Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages. There have certainly been ups and downs to how the public perceives Tom Cruise as a person, but Tom Cruise is a movie star. Get the fuck out of here. For every movie he makes that's like The Mummy, he makes 10 really solid action movies to make us love him again. I don't know if it's like Kevin Huvane 
or Xenu or some more realistic thing where Tom Cruise implements quality control on the sets he's on. But man, he's one of the biggest movie stars to come out of the 1980s. He's got that million dollar smile, that fucking run he does, the way he gives 100% every single time. He's a legend. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. But yeah, I I thought this movie was going to be ass. Uh, I thought this movie was going to be dumb as hell, like porn for military kids and people who like planes. I I didn't know shit about Top Gun before a week ago. Like that extended preview that they played before Doctor Strange 2 was just really kind of whatever for me, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, they're flying around and now the trainee's got to do push-ups. Okay. Even the normal trailers were so, like, formulaic. They Like Ghostbusters Afterlife or Jurassic World Dominion. They did that shit where you have somebody play the famous theme on piano and you slap some reverb on it. You know, there's I, I bet there's a guy who does that in Hollywood. It's Nostalgia Nick off of fucking uh, California Street. Yeah, sex is Todd's cousin. We get so many of these Lega sequels. Why would Top Gun 2 be different? I don't know. Back to you, Tanner. Well, I do want to say Top Gun 2, even from the trailers, had one distinct thing about it that the other Legacy sequels don't. It is clear that a main character from the first movie is the main character in this one, <laughs> which makes it feel more like a proper sequel than one of those requel things. Where do you think you want to go? I thought of being an instructor, sir. Top Gun? God help us. Yeah, that's fair. They didn't choose some, like, new guy to replace Tom Cruise. I don't think you can is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine imagine being asked to do that. Just inexplicably, it's Mark Wahlberg for some reason. He's playing Maverick still, though. He's still playing Maverick. (laughs) Come on, guys. Don't you feel the need? The need for speed. Flying to Saint been the same since 9-11. And let me tell you what, if I had been there, it would have cut down different. Mark Wahlberg's Top Gun is just him stopping 9-11 with a fighter jet. He he shoots down the planes, but somehow only the terrorists die. What makes Tom Cruise stand out is I think he has a strict commitment to quality of control because here's the thing. Say what you will about him as a person. There is one part of his personality that I fully believe. The dude loves movies. When he said in one of the interviews for the press junket for this one that he secretly sneaks into the theater to watch every movie, I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah, I do believe Tom Cruise went out of his way to see Paul Patrol in the theater. And I'm not even kidding. I really believe he would. He is that in love with the craft, with the experience of movies. And given the box office records this one's breaking, clearly he has a point. He's willing to do death-defying stunts, and him and one other person are the only last movie stars where I feel like if you cast this actor in a movie, it is guaranteed to make some amount of money. Leo? Leo is the other one, yeah. It's Leo and Tom Cruise. Those are the only true movie stars left in that sense. Sure, you can cast an actor to help, and in international territories, I think The Rock qualifies. Yeah. But at least here in America, America domestically, it's Leo and it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. I feel like those are the only guys that you can guarantee sell a movie off of name alone. Leo does it with adult prestige dramas and Jay Edgar. Tom Cruise does it 
with action movies and by actually almost killing himself. There is not a man, another man on the planet alive who's crazy enough to say, I'm going to climb the Burj Khalifa and his insurance company says no. And allegedly, according to someone who will not be named, starts his own fucking insurance company just so he could do his own crazy Jeff defying stunts. His full-on dedication to the craft and to making the ultimate cinematic experience, I think, really stands out. He's almost a better producer than he is an actor, which is crazy, because I do think Tom Cruise is a pretty damn good actor. He's a multiple Oscar nominee for a reason, but he makes perfect picks in the past 20 years. You can maybe point to two movies that weren't really that were kind of a mistake. The Mummy, because I guess Tom Cruise wanted to try the whole cinematic universe thing and Rock of Ages. But you know what? I have a soft spot for that one. I think it's something about Tom Cruise playing a character again. I feel like that is the only time in the past 10. Don't get me wrong. He's given good performances in the past 10 years. But the closest he's come to actually playing a character again is American Made, which I really enjoy. I thought a lot of fun with it, but hmm. he's still just kind of doing a Tom Cruiseism. You're one of 10 people who has seen American Made. Congratulations. You've won a free submarine sandwich. Thanks, Movie Pass. Couldn't have done it without you. Greatest seven months of my life was having you. Hey, you were great. These are great questions. It's going great. Good, good. As far as expectations going to this one, when we first started the podcast and I we developed the idea of having a schedule in advance, one of the first movies I put in the schedule was Top Gun Maverick. We were doing this movie because the first trailer, there was just something about it, man. It was the way it looked, the way he caressed an airplane caressed it sexually even that made me go no i feel the need the need for podcasting so that's why it was in the schedule i was very excited going in and then it premiered at con austin do you remember what it was like when the first reviews for maverick started coming out yeah i saw it as like a reddit thread and it was terrifying because i never expected to see such high numbers on the rotten tomatoes score 97 percent critic score Still, it hasn't gone down, at least as of this recording. Hell, they even presented Tom Cruise with an honorary Palme d'Or. Palme, Palme beer, I don't know whatever the hell they call it. Brian de Palme d'Or. I was really excited for it, but did the movie live up to the hype? I don't know. Austin, did it? Quick interjection here. I took the time to watch Top Gun twice before seeing Top Gun Maverick. On top of that, I watched the 2004 documentary Danger Zone, The Making of Top Gun. I went into this movie as familiar with the franchise as anybody could possibly be unless they were on the set back in 86, okay? I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. And although I think those measures I took really made this movie impactful, a part of me has to speculate that this movie would still fucking rule, even if you went in blind. It borrows a lot from that Mission Impossible formula that's sort of tied to Tom Cruise as a person. Like, he's still that same character, the world's most competent man. For instance... I think the fastest airspeed record, legit, in real life, is something like Mach 6.70. Uh, in the X-15, sometime around, like, 1967. In this crazy-ass movie, starts with Tom Cruise going Mach 10, which is 7,826 fucking miles per hour, just to piss off Ed Harris. That's how they begin this film. <laughs> Uh, by the way, they actually flew an airplane for that shot of the plane going over Ed Harris. The roof, 
that flies off wasn't supposed to happen. It just did. They only had the one take, so they kept it. I, I mean, it's not going to take any of his hair off or anything. <laughs> I don't know. I think it kept, took a couple off. One thing I got to admit that was sort of whack about the original Top Gun is how restrictive aerial photography was back then. Like, everything's blue. It's all ocean and sky. During the dogfights, most of the time, the only landmarks you can use to gauge speed is, like, the other planes. But then this batshit film rolls out the mission objective, and it's an enormous upgrade. Flying super low to the fucking ground through treacherous mountains with missiles that kill you if you go too high. Then they have to hit this tiny target that's like the size of a shoebox with two bombs while absolutely hauling ass out of there up a steep mountain. To get off Tom Cruise... Excuse me, excuse me. Are you talking about Top Gun Maverick or Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope? Oh, God damn it. I've been (laughs) fucking (laughs) duped. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got the FBI. And to get off Tom Cruise for just a second, all the new pilots are really excellent in this. Like, it's hard to beat Val Kilmer and Anthony Edwards. Tony Scott had an excellent cast in that original movie. But God, Glenn Powell is Hangman. Monica Barbaro is Phoenix. Fucking Anthony Edwards' clone pretending to be whiplash actor Miles Teller. They did so great. Uh, They really captured that cocky fighter pilot energy in the typical Top Gun fashion, the same way they did in the 80s, by actually having to do stuff in the planes. I I have a feeling that kind of training makes most people feel like hot shit. It really shows, too. Beyond even the mission, the emotional stakes are about as high as they could possibly be. Maverick is a decorated, legendary shithead, but his biggest weak spot is still the death of his best friend, Goose. And the way this film deals with Goose's son is just so rewarding. At the end, everything comes full circle, and it really makes you feel like Maverick almost got his friend back from the dead. The cinematography is excellent. The soundtrack may not be as good as Kenny Loggins, but something that amazing would have consumed the entire summer, so it's good enough that the new songs are fun. Uh, One note, Jennifer Connelly, hottest woman alive, Uh, but... I was laughing to myself watching this, just thinking like Penny Benjamin was just referenced twice in Top Gun 1 as some random fling that got Maverick in trouble. With a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter. Penny Benjamin. My husband, he watched Top Gun the night before we saw Maverick and was still looking at her character and was like, who the fuck is that? Her scenes were just okay. She didn't steal the movie or anything. People were comparing this to Fury Road because it's an excellent action blockbuster. I would say the biggest difference between the two is I wanted a sequel to Fury Road. I wanted to go back to that world and see more. But with Top Gun Maverick, I think it's more like the perfect ending to a two-film series. Whether or not that makes it better, I can't really say. All I do know is, watching Top Gun 1, it felt like I was enduring the fighter pilot school scenes to get to that mission at the end. But then this movie just came along and added a bigger, better payoff that makes those early scenes even more worthwhile. I'd like to imagine if Tony Scott is still in the universe somewhere, he's fucking proud of how this movie turned out. Uh, I will not tolerate the Lady Gaga slander you just did. I love Kenny Loggins, but I'm sorry. Lady Gaga wins every time. Hold My Hand is an absolute fucking banger of a song. You clearly haven't been playing with the boys enough. My favorite tweet about this movie has been the tweets that say the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that a group group of millennials would know enough of the words of Great Balls of Fire to sing along with it when a (laughs) random guy starts playing it on a piano. (laughs) 
Elvis biopic hasn't even come out yet. How would they know? <laughs> yeah. I was in the movie theater watching like, what is this song? And then I remembered, oh yeah, this is from Top Gun. Is this like a song song? Is this a thing people know? <laughs> I think the best explanation is that in universe, they also watch Top Gun. And Top Gun, the movie, also exists in universe. It's just based off of a true story. <laughs> he wasn't in the war. Well, neither was Tom Cruise. And look what Top Gun did for you. Where do I start? Where do I start? It's my second favorite movie of the year. I adore Top Gun Maverick for a multitude of reasons. Number one, uh, it whips ass. Are you kidding me? I got to see that in the Omnimax theater. I got to see close-ups of Tom Cruise distort my vision. And as he became this weird, wide, humongous bulb flying an airplane. And I just kind of sat there like, this is great. The original Top Gun, like you said, was known for its mind-boggling aerial photography. This one is known for being that on crack, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, amphetamines and steroids the action sequences in this movie are spectacular amazing some of the best fun i've had in ages until the third act where the third act is maybe the greatest action set piece ever i'm not trying to be hyperbolic here but it's up there right yeah it's really good it's really good even if it's just the trench run from episode four literally right down to the targeting system fails i feel deceived it works, baby. It works. That's why they did it. It's fun. The way the planes move is great. I love that Tom Cruise taught everyone how to fly an airplane for the movie. I love that IMAX designed a special camera where the sensor could detach from the body just so it could fit in a jet plane. The actors had to do their own makeup, their own lighting, their own cinematography half the time. What would happen is the director would say, all right, go up there. They would film their take for like a couple hours, come back down, be given notes and go up and do it again holy fuck and you can feel every inch every second of total dedication from this movie i started them out in a single engine airplane to build up their spatial awareness inside the aircraft oh wow i think what it all comes down to is joseph kozinski the director of this movie austin do you know another fine piece of cinema this director has made oblivion from what i've heard no i don't care about oblivion i care about tron legacy baby oh the best legacy sequel of all time, dare I say it, but this one may be better. I don't know. I love Tron Legacy. Joseph Kaczynski, first off, pitched the story to Tom Cruise. The idea of Maverick comes back and is a teacher, and more specifically, Goose's kid is one of his students. That was Kaczynski's idea. He pitched it to Cruise. Cruise immediately called an executive at Paramount and got the green light. Because Cruise has that kind of power. When Cruise says, I want to make this movie, you green light it. The universe... He's talking to us right now. You just gotta listen. And I think it shows through and through. Tony Scott is a tough act to follow. I like to say it is that between the two Scott brothers, Ridley was probably capable, is probably capable of doing the better movies. Tony Scott, however, is much more consistent and consistently gives you more enjoyable movies. Even Tony Scott's weaker works are at least worth a watch. And Joseph Kaczynski, I think, follows in the same vein. He truly appreciates the craft that came before him while putting his own spin on it. I didn't quite know what to do with the scene. I knew why the scene was in the movie, because I had to show off all the guys, but I didn't have a point of view. I was doing other than just doing soft porn. <laughs> I think Joseph Kaczynski's footprints footprints why did i say footprints i meant fingerprints but his feet are smearing the camera he keeps putting his feet on the camera he says quentin tarantino do you like me now i put my toes on an imax camera his footprints are all over this movie 
But more than anything, the entire cast rules. I want to shout out Miles Teller, who has to do a lot of the dramatic lifting. The only actor that has any real dramatic weight to him other than Cruz is Teller. And he does a fantastic job. Uh, Glenn Powell is just a great, fun presence. Uh, I love that Manny Jacinto from The Good Place. Jason Mendoza from The Good Place is in this movie, and I don't even think he has a line because I think his part got cut for some reason, probably for time. Tom Cruise, baby. And that's where it comes down to. This is his best performance, I think, in years. Since World of the Worlds, probably, if not Magnolia. Because this is his first time, I feel like, giving a performance in the Mission Impossible movies, in Oblivion, and all those other movies. He's just kind of playing the same character. Maverick is different. Maverick has a character arc, Mm -hmm. a very good character arc that's focused on him emotionally maturing as an adult. On the top of my letterbox list for best movies of the year, I have a running list of what I'm giving each of my quote unquote awards to. And for best actor right now, I have Tom Cruise in this movie. Now, the year is still young. It probably won't be that at the end of the year. But for my money, I think he gives the most nuanced performance with a great romantic story to it that I actually care about. His scenes with Val Kilmer, masterclass. Shout out to my homie Iceman. I cried when it was revealed he died. It I was did heavy. cry. That was, that was heartbreaking. Fuck. Because it was real. It was real. Val's going to die someday. Just his face in the picture frame at the funeral. That was. Val's going to die someday, and that just felt too real. I will say, I do think it's funny that on all the trailers, they said some people aren't going to come back from this mission. And then they would cut to a shot from that funeral scene. <laughs> Which in actuality happens a solid mm, at least 20 minutes before the final part of the movie. <laughs> he died just thinking about it. It was like, oh, that, that does kind of sound kind of stressful. He was thinking about like, what am I having Tom, what am I having my buddy Maverick do? And he reads the mission logs. Oh, fuck. He <laughs> <laughs> really keels over and dies. He realizes what he's gotten himself into. If I was to critique any part of this movie... Austin, who are the bad guys in this movie? No, I'm sorry. It's so funny that they don't name the hostile nation they did the centrifuge thing to, especially considering fucking Stuxnet existed. That, that, that time we took out, I think it was an Iranian nuclear centrifuge with a computer virus. And, and in this film, they were just like, nah, this has to have international appeal. It's just going to be, who cares a stand? That's that's the villain. It's just, they don't I say think the names it, I think it's supposed to be amalgamation of Iran and North Korea, which are probably our biggest enemies right now, or at least it was when this movie's filmed. It's very funny how they don't name an enemy, but (laughs) Tom Cruise in this movie gives an interesting, more deep performance than he's given in a while. Patrick Willems posed this question in a tweet. Is this Tom Cruise showing us what his late career turn is going to be like? Because he can't keep doing these death-defying stunts forever. I think what happens is that 20 years ago, Tom Cruise realized something. You can either be a movie star or you can win Oscars. He chose the former. But I think now that his body can't do it anymore, he's ready to choose the latter. Before Austin answers this question, watch this commercial. Gotcha. That son of a bitch cut me off. Welcome back to Commercial Break. Austin, do you think that this movie represents what Cruz's career might look like in the future? And if so, can he win the big gold? I don't know, because I still honestly associated this with what he's been doing for the last 10 years. I mean, he he takes a bunch of G's in the face. 
He's flying a plane. Like um, when they were making the original Top Gun, uh, the, some of the creative minds behind it, producers and like Tony Scott, they thought of it as a sports movie because of the physical intensity of flying. I think flying is like a, such a physically intense thing. The whole thing is like him filming a big fucking stunt. I mean, his scenes no. on the ground are emotionally impactful, but I don't know. I don't think this is Tom settling down yet. I think it's him preparing us for the idea he will someday, huh. and he wants to give us a sneak preview of what that looks like. And also, maybe it's his practice run to remember how to do it. Aside from American Made, maybe, he hasn't really done this in a while. He's been running for so long. Even his different roles, like in Rock of Ages and Tropic Thunder, those are more comedic than anything else. Now let's burn this place to the ground. Rock and roll. No. When I'm done, we literally need to burn this place to the ground. One thing I wanted to say about the Val Kilmer scene is it reminded me of the most recent Oscar ceremony when they dragged poor Liza Minnelli out. And although Lady Gaga handled that really well, it was sort of one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know if they took enough measures to make this what it's supposed to be. Whereas the Val Kilmer scene really reached that peak where I was like, this is how you pay respect to somebody who can't conventionally act anymore. It was breathtaking, dude. Now, what if I told you that wasn't him talking? I believe you. Sid said it in the car ride home, and I was just like, yeah, I make movies, I knew that, and started sweating profusely. <laughs> it was an AI, and easily the best one I've heard so far, but it's weird because I saw that Val Kilmer documentary last year, Val, and I would have sworn he said some stuff in it, that he was still kind of capable of talking. But now I'm thinking maybe it's because that was filmed a few years after a surgery while this was filmed. You have to remember, this was filmed four years ago in 2018. Oh, yeah. Lots of delays with this movie. Yeah, this was supposed to come out in 2019. But I thought it was really respectful. And Val Kilmer, he still fucking has it, man. Even though he's unable to say a word, he sells those scenes so perfectly. He can still do really solid facial expressions because I was like, how far along is his cancer? But then he was able to give Tom Cruise different looks. And I was like, oh, man, they fucking nailed this. Hey, did you see the lean back dance in the fucking... There's one of the guys does a really goofy dance. I think it's Miles Teller or Glenn Powell. It's one of those two. Popularized by Morbius. <laughs> Just the lean back dance is coming into fashion, Tanner. I'm so happy. Um, this is an aside, but you brought it up. Can't believe that Sony re-released Morbius into <laughs> over a thousand theaters because of the ironic memes online. And it did worse than the newest Harry Potter movie, which underperformed. It had an $82 per theater average. One thing I do, um, so comedies are hard. That's sort of a thing, is America is sort of like politically divided and the internet has made people desensitized to most humor. Like there's a lot of reasons these days that studios don't just throw comedies out there. You're not getting a lot of hangovers, right? And fucking this movie, I never saw it coming, made my audience laugh their asses off at a couple parts. Everyone in that theater, widely varying demographics. And we were fucking howling at that part where Miles Teller says, you taught me not to think. Yeah, I lost my shit in that. By the way, I love that we got a little Tom Cruise run in that scene. Obligatory. <laughs> I love that he's flying a plane that shouldn't even work anymore. Who cares? I love that the last 10 minutes of this movie, 
It's just the last movie again. Yeah. Except Goose doesn't die. Yeah, that Goose is back to life. Dude, that was one of the funniest things because I imagine most people in my theater hadn't just watched Top Gun. And so seeing that opening come up where it's the same text doing explaining what Top Gun is, the same exact Top Gun title, but with a subtitle, and then the planes, I was like, oh, it's just Top Gun again. Top Gun from the Hold top. Hold on a minute. It's not the exact same text. Oh, really? Because there's a typo in the first one. It's spelled <laughs> insure with an I. In this one, it's, it's spelled insure with an E. It's much funnier to imagine that Top Gun teaches you how to be a pilot and also a really good insurance agent. That 80s cocaine must have hit different than the fucking subtitle guy. Had a typo in the finished movie. <laughs> it's just like when they explain what Top Gun is, it's spelled insure with an I like they're insuring the school. One thing I kind of missed about Top Gun was, have you heard the Tarantino speech about how Top Gun is a gay movie? Oh, it is a gay movie. It's 100% a gay movie. Are you kidding me? It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. All right, and you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. They are. They represent the gay man. Kelly McGill, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Next scene, next scene you see her, she's in the elevator. She is dressed like a guy. She's wearing the same jacket that the Iceman wears. Like I gotta bring him back from the gateway. So I'm gonna do that through subterfuge. I'm gonna dress like a man. But the real ending of the movie is when they fight the Mids at the end. All right, because he has passed over into the gateway. And Iceman's been trying to get Maverick the entire time. Finally, he's got him. And Ice comes up to Maverick and he says, man, you can ride my tail in yes. Every time I watch Top Gun, even though I've seen it like 30 times, I, hand to God, am always surprised that Iceman and Maverick don't kiss at the end. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. Watching Top Gun now was really weird was all the homoerotic shit that they say. Like, like just every five minutes, they reference their dicks. They're just like, you would. You got them? Not yet. I can't see them. They must be close. I'm getting a hard on and it was just I was hoping that this movie would have more of that and then I saw the girl pilot and I was just like it's over boys it's hey, fucking hey, over hey, the football scene had the homoeroticism in it I thought shout out to John Hamm oh we haven't said it yet shout out to John Hamm St. Louis his own yeah, yeah, Emo's Pizza, the square beyond compare. Fuck you. What you basically do is take a ravioli and you bread it and deep fry it and then you dip it in tomato sauce. I love that he has to be the hard ass lieutenant to Tom Cruise, even though I'm pretty sure he's like five years younger than Tom Cruise. Or more. I mean, it's funny because like I hear in real life, John Hamm is kind of a cross punk. Like he's just kind of a laid back dude. And yet his famous roles are like Mad Men playing a hard ass and fucking this just john ham is eight years younger he's 51 listen tom i'm teaching the class now i'm gonna teach them how to do advertising i love the part where like john ham's character's like we're gonna make the mission parameters possible and then tom cruise immediately comes in sets even stricter parameters and does it first try that scene where he handed over the binder asking to lower the fucking floor that the planes are allowed to fly <laughs> under after getting chewed out for doing that during an exercise that also killed my audience uh, you're not going to change the floor for this mission without orders requesting so yes sir hands binder what's this sir 
Request to formally lower the floor, sir. <laughs> so fucking funny. Like he was ready. Let's go to trivia, maybe. Tanner's Trivia Corner, baby. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Thank you. While this movie has less fucking and sucking than the original Top Gun, I can assure you it has Tom Cruise's own World War II P-51 Mustang airplane. The one that Tom Cruise is working on at the start and end of the movie is his own plane. What the? He owns it. Huh? Tom Cruise has been a licensed pilot for years. Fucking the things Scientology could accomplish. But you're not a pilot. You're an actor. I fly airplanes, I swear. Right, with all due respect, you played a lawyer and a few good men. I wouldn't want you to represent me in court. According to Miles Teller, three of the six new actors threw up every day of filming in the Jets. How much you want to bet it was Bill Pullman's kid? I mean, honestly, I threw up a lot the first time I got high, so I don't blame him. Bill Pullman's kid is plays Bob in the movie, by the way. Oh, that's Bill Pullman's that's kid. That's Bill Pullman's kid, which is funny because he exudes opposite energy than Bill Pullman does. Bill Pullman is like, Grizzly Adams, I'm a man. Lewis Pullman is like... Choke me, mommy. Energy. Hi, I'm Bob. But you know that the ones who say choke you, mommy, are packing, right? Just hung, hung like horse. He has the biggest schlong out of anyone there. I'm talking <laughs> a python. I'm talking like the type of python poopies kissed on the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> also, according to Miles Tellers, uh, the cast got to choose their own call sign. He, in fact, intentionally picked Rooster because it was in the same family as Goose. Yeah. Did you know geese are female? I never checked. Yeah, they are. Personally, I like to believe he chose Rooster because they wouldn't let him call himself cock. Yeah, it's a sin. <laughs> what's, your, what's your call sign? Can I make it cock muncher? <laughs> no, you can't make it cock muncher. <laughs> Why not? The first movie's gay. It would have been so funny if the whole cast tried to have gay innuendos. They're fucking call signs. Here we have call sign rim job. Call sign reach around. <laughs> Bob originally was blowjob on board. The shirtless beach football montage had to be shot twice because Tom Cruise did not find the first version good enough, which is funny because cast member Glenn Powell recounted how we shot it. And that night, everyone went for milkshakes, tater tots. Everyone grabbed the beer. And a week later, it was like, we got to shoot it again. It wasn't good enough. And they were all fatter now because they've been partying. They immediately had to like start bulking up like a madman. And Glenn Powell also, I think, in the same interview admitted how there was a, quote unquote, healthy macho rivalry amongst the male actors to outdo each other's physiques. The amount of male anxiety taking their shirts off. The gyms are packed day and night. Glenn Powell was also surprised by his co-star Miles Teller's physique for the film. Apparently when Miles Teller took his shirt off for the first time, Power took a look at it and said, Jesus, dude, I thought you were a character actor. What have you been doing? Teller responded by simply saying, I've been hitting the gym, mate. Hitting the gym hard. You know, I, I was in that Nick Reffin TV show, Too Old to Die Hung. Let's <laughs> just walks away. Try to imagine him in his underwear. Oh no, he's hot! They shot more footage for this movie than the entire runtime of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What the shit? Oh, because yeah, six cameras per plane. Got it. Apocalypse now shit. It takes a while to shoot the planes. The fanboy character, the font that fanboy is written in, is the Star Trek font. Neat. Because that's why he's fanboy. He's a Star Trek fan. And finally, when Hangman selects a song on the jukebox, he keys in the numbers 8, 6, 86, 1986. Oh. Baby, that's when the first Top Gun came out. Let's go! Yo, yo, yo. 
All right. That's about all I have for trivia. There's a lot of fun trivia in the IMDb section that is useless. Like this is another movie in Tom Cruise's 20 past years where he has a character named Bob in the movie. And I'm just sitting there like IMDb. What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? My favorite thing is that the very last piece of trivia, there's apparently a fan theory that the entire movie is Tom Cruise's Maverick's death fantasy that he actually dies when he crashes the Mach 10 jet at the beginning. That's just one of those things you can't prove or disprove. It's just It's just a classic, oh, the character's dead. Come up with a new bit, fuckheads. Did you know that in Ed, Ed, and Eddie, the characters are actually this creepypasta voice? Did you know that in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Jim Carrey showed whole? <laughs> this is a reference to the hit 70s, 70s film, Him. Coming soon on Blu-ray and DVD. We should put it on a Disney DVD so we can use Disney Fast Play. Your feature in a selection of bonus features will begin in a moment. You ever see those old Disney DVDs where yeah. they have the Fast Play feature? I always thought that was the, oh, thanks. So you just play the movie and then some bonus features. Fucking great, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just too fat and lazy and stupid to press the goddamn buttons myself, aren't I, Disney? Final thoughts, Austin? It's always kind of amazing when you think about these IPs that used to be like the lowest common denominator popcorn flicks when our parents were younger, like James Bond, Mission Impossible, even Top Gun, and how they've had these like prestigious sequels they would even win the critics over like what a weird time to be alive dude i never would have expected of all the summer tentpole movies the one that would stand out from the pack was the sequel to the tom cruise gay pilot movie but they fucking did it they really put in the work and they made something memorable go see this movie in imax while you still can it is guaranteed to make your trip to the theater worth it Second biggest standout of the summer. As we all know, this is the summer of Morb. It's Morbin time. I've been loving those Doctor Strange fan edits where they just put Morbius in and then assortment of other characters like Saul Goodman, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mario from Super Mario 64. Superior Austin Powers. Did I show you the one with Superior Austin Powers? No, I found it. What does it go? It goes Saul Goodman, Sonic the Hedgehog, Superior Austin Powers, and then Sherlock Uh, it's the biggest movie of the year so far for a reason. It's a ton of fun. It pays respect to the, the to the path that Tony Scott originally paid for, while also fitting it into its own thing. I think it's a preview for the, what the rest of Tom Cruise's career can potentially look like. But more than anything, you get to see dope planes doing dope shit with a bunch of dope guys saying gay stuff. It's not as homoerotic as the original, but the homoeroticism is still there a little bit, simply because Lady Gaga's on the soundtrack, and quite frankly, that might be gayer than anything in the original. But you know what else is gay? than anything in the original? Who? You! You, Austin. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell your husband. But, um... Goddamn right. Thank you for watching slash listening to our gayest podcast ever, Top Gun Maverick. If you are listening to this podcast on any audio platforms we're on, please go ahead and, um... Go down to the comment section and leave a review. It helps boost us in the algorithm or something. I don't even think that's true anymore, but I'm just going to keep saying it out of habit. <laughs> if you're watching this on Spotify video, we cursed a lot this week. Austin and I being solo brought out the worst and gayest in each other. How about you mosey on down to our Patreon and throw some money our way? You could be immortalized in gay videos like this one by having your name at the end cards at the end. 
And if you are watching this video on YouTube, thank you oh so very much for watching. Comment below and let me know what do you think of the original Top Gun? What do you think of Top Gun Maverick? Do you want us to cover the original Top Gun with a podcast? What do you think of Tom Cruise as an actor? And finally, are you gay? <laughs> Happy Pride Month! While you're down there, hit the like button so we know how much you love us. Hit the subscribe button so we know how much you are gay for us. And hit the bell icon so I can be gay, do crimes like break inside your home. Thank you again also very much for watching. Tune in next week when I take a week off. But Austin will still be there because we're talking about... Space Adventure Cobra, I believe. The- I don't know what it is, but I heard it's good. I mean, I watched like the first 30 minutes because Ethan brought it over. So tune in for that. Farewell. Highway to the danger zone.